on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards Gallery Place podcast. Blah, 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 blah. Draft lottery's over. Wizards didn't jump. Um, not exciting. Congratulations to the San Antonio Spurs um, getting the number one pick, getting Victor Wembanyama, and we'll get into the other. Uh, we'll get into the the lottery as a whole. Maybe what some teams will be looking to do with some of these picks here. Most of it went according to plan until Portland jumped into um, the top four. They ended up with the number three overall pick. But first things first, Wizards didn't jump again. Like I said, things didn't really uh, change much until we got closer to number five. So um, Wizards will be picking eighth in the 2023 NBA draft. I And Greg tweeted this out, though. And there, all the other teams that are picking ahead of us already have a point guard or a decent enough guard rotation that may not necessarily warrant picking a point guard. So we know that it's a position of need for us, and there's a good chance that BPA is going to meet positional need at that pick for us. So it certainly is not the worst. I know that um, a lot of us, including myself, are kind of hoping to uh, – jump at least into the top four and obviously it didn't happen but I mean considering what we need on the team and um, the players that might be available when it'll be our turn to pick could have been a lot worse you know we could have dropped a pick or two and then at that point it's like oh like you know you never know but eight's a nice sweet spot too and there's plenty of things that we could do with this pick but um, you know, again, certainly not the, the worst case. Again, it went as a, according to plan, and we already knew ahead of time that there were going to be some decent players in this range. Yeah, I just felt I, this was this was a draft where I felt like it, there was like a for, based on my eye, I feel like it's like a it's six guys that I think have like uh, legit star potential um, that you can kind of bank on. Um, and then after that, it kind of gets, you got to kind of project out. It gets a little bit more dicey. And I think right at eight is like kind of the cutoff because I think there's going to be a couple guys that get overdrafted. Um, and then right at eight, I think is like the last slot where you can get one of those six guys, um, that, that has some real high impact, high upside potential that you can kind of, like I say, really bank on. Um, so my thing was just not dropping past eight because I felt like right. the same thing is like last year when we got 10 and I was like, man, shit, if we could just get in the top eight, you in that range with like Ben Matherin and uh, 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 who else? Who, who else was last year? I'm, I'm drawing a blank on them. Um, but you were in that range where you can get one of those guys that Shane and Shane, yeah. Yeah, sharp. Yeah, one of those high flyers, like elite traits, where you're like, man, in like three, four years, he could be a star. But like, once you got like to nine, ten, it was like, fuck, you're now you got to kind of like project. So that's when it was kind of like, all right, well, shit, if we at this point, you you got Jeremy so- Soshan and 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 uh, Johnny Davis, or you can go non consensus and go Jalen Williams. Right. So I feel like now we at that spot where if we just even if we stay consensus at number eight, I think there's a like you said, there's a meeting of need and best player available right there 
that you can get a guy like a Anthony Black that that fits what you want. Yeah, I think that's still going to be. Um, uh, sorry, I'm putting socks on here, but. Yeah, no, I think that that's still going to be the number one consensus guy for the Wizards where we're picking. Uh, I don't see a scenario in where either of the Thompson twins fall. Um, I don't see a scenario where Scoot falls terribly that far. And again, there's some things that could happen, you know. I mean, there's a, a team in particular I'm thinking of that could be very interested in trading the pick that they got. Um, and we can kind of go over the lottery now. Uh, again, nothing really happened. So 14 was um, the Pelicans, I think. 13, hold on, let me pull this up. Um, yeah, 14 Pelicans, 13 Raptors, right. Magic 11, uh, Mavs 10, Jazz 9, Wizards 8, Pacers 7, Magic 6. Pistons five, Rockets four, Blazers three, Hornets two, and then Spurs one. If you're the Pistons, you have to be salty. But you know what? That's what you get for being asked for so many years in a row and not getting any better. Sorry, <laughs> but that's what you get. <laughs> Trying to tank on purpose for all these motherfuckers, then you're going to go ahead and drop four spots. Sounds about right. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's that's the game, right? Like when you when you banking on ping pong balls, like it's literally like gambling. It's literally you're literally playing the Powerball with your NBA franchise. That's literally what it is. So it it worked in the case of the Spurs because we knew off the rip, and they made it very clear that they were not trying to win games this year. They were tanking, um, and then and it worked out for them. They got their guy. They wanted Victor Wembanyama, and they got him. In the case of the Pistons and the Hort in the in the Rockets, it didn't work out for them because they dropped out of the top three. So, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Like that's 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 how it's designed. And so, really, here looking down the board, we have San Antonio one. We know that they're going to go Wembenyama. I mean, we knew that whichever team was getting this pick, that it was going to be a hundred percent untradeable. Whoever was getting this pick was going to be taking him. So, again, congratulations to the Spurs. Um, it's foregone collusion. It, it isn't even tampering at this point. Like Sean tweeted out, you know, Victor Wembanyama's a new home. I mean, we already knew this. Um, it's, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. He, already, he already looking for homes. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of Spurs fans ordering jerseys tonight. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Hornets at number two could be an interesting selection. Where do you feel that? They may go with this pick. I know that you said you personally that you have Amon Thompson um, as your number two prospect. Is that who you would go with here? For the Hornets, no, because they have Lamelo Ball. Um, although, man, uh, 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 Amon Thomas Lamelo backcourt would be crazy because just the the amount of spacing and, and size. You got two six seven guards. Uh, you know, one is a shooter, elite facilitator, and the other is a uh, elite driver and 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 can be an elite defender. Um, but I, I think I think they go shooter. I think they go Brandon Miller there. Yeah, six wing. And then I I think that could be a sneaky destination for DeAndre Ayton. Um, you know, because they need a big too. So, um, you know, all of a sudden the Hornets could have a nice little young core going. Um, going forward. 
Yeah, I think they go Miller too. They they need another wing that they can put some stock into and develop, and especially after what happened with um, with Miles Bridges there. So they and, and PJ Washington is probably not a guy that they're gonna bank on a whole lot moving forward. And I know James uh, Bugnight has not been that great over there. So I mean that they need a wing player that can slide in. I think that Brandon Miller fits in perfectly there with Charlotte. I agree with you on that. Sure. Portland at three is where it gets very, very interesting. And they have some options here. So they could go BPA and go Scoop. However, you have Damian Lillard, you have Anthony Simons, and you just took Shaden Sharp last year. So there's a little bit of a logjam there. Now, now, they very well could take him and they could just make it work out. I mean, I mean someone's going to be pissed in that, in that scenario or they're going to be playing really, really, really small. And that's not a good small. That would be a bad small. So I, my gut feeling is, that, and if Portland says that they want to win, this is going to mean two things. One, Dame is getting traded. Or two, I think Portland's going to trade that pick um, either for just another star straight up or, or they may use it to trade back. But either way, I don't think Portland makes that pick at three. I think they do something there. Yeah, this is an inflection point for the Blazers, man. Like it, it's, I think it's one of those two scenarios: either you trade Dame or you trade that pick. I just don't see a scenario where that pick stays and Dame stays. Like that would just, it just would make no sense to me because it's like Scoop doesn't fit, and then if you go, if you go aiming at Osser, you already got that in, in Shade and Sharp. So it's like. Do you go? Do you do you go take a Jers, uh Walker at at three? Like that's too high. I guess just right. I, I I don't know. I they they I feel like yeah they they're at a crossroads. So they, they, I think we're we're gonna see some 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 drip drips you know, uh, of of news and chatter coming out from that that front office. And I think a lot of this is going to depend ultimately on what happens in Philly, right? Because I, I think that Embiid is going to want to stay. I know that he was. There were some reports out there that he was maybe a little bit frustrated. Maybe didn't want Doc to get fired. Um, but yeah. at the end of the day, I think he stays. And I, I think it's just going to come down to, okay, does James Harden want to stay? Does James Harden want to leave? Okay, if James Harden wants to leave, then is that where where Dame would prefer that situation over staying in Portland? Because you know that Dame has earned. The respect to where Portland would honor whatever he wanted to do at that point. Um, I, I think that that's pretty safe to say. So it's like, would would he rather go to Philly and team up with Embiid, or maybe would he like to stay, um, maybe use this trade back and trade with the Wizards? So the Wizards move up to three, um, Portland goes down to eight, and they also get Bradley Beal in the process. So. Uh, maybe that's an option for them too. I don't know how you feel about that or how that would look. Yeah, I mean, I would like it in theory, but then it's like you know, Brad Bill's no trade clause. Like, what, just just thinking, just how he's kind of talked about, you know, his basketball career and just the moves he's made. I I just don't see Portland being in the cards. Like Philadelphia makes a lot of sense though, um, and that was kind of rumored before. That Embiid definitely wanted them before the Harden trade happened, and Embiid had the, you know, the the wrist injury, I believe it was. So, um, we're gonna see who Philly hires as head coach. 
Because that could kind of tip the cap on some things and yeah. see how it's going to sound, man. Like, because it's going to yeah. be a lot of a lot of player movement coming up, man. And shoot, what are the you know what what are the Hawks going to do with Trey Young? Could they do something with him? Like, it's just you know it's going to be some it's going to be some player movement, man. And you know the Blazers are going to be, I think, in that mix of of one of those teams that that's doing some stuff. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to. They, they've kind of spent the past few seasons building the roster, uh, making small transactions, but they haven't really done anything to try and, and bring a serious player in. I mean, they made a trade for Jeremy Grant, but he's like a, a fourth, fifth option on a championship team. So, I mean, it's a nice piece for them, don't get me wrong, and it's a guy that you could probably extend on a, on a decent contract. I don't believe they've extended him yet, right? Not yet, no. That that's that's up for discussion this summer, I believe. But I, I think he should be doing what Aaron Gordon is doing with with the Nuggets. Like his old role, his original role with them was was what Aaron Gordon is doing. That's kind of like that fourth option defender, three and D guy. Um, but I, I could see a situation where they try to go get like Siakam, um, you know, for that number three pick because because the Raptors, I mean. It might be time to blow that core up. So, you know, you can get the number three pick, pair him up with, with Scotty Barnes, man. You That's a nice foundation to build off. Yeah, I'm just – I'm not sure if Siakam is worth that number three pick, you know. Like, who do you think is a better – like, who would you rather build a franchise around, Bradley Beal or Siakam? Just for our, our um, conversation oh, purposes. Probably um, – Beal, right? I, yeah, I would probably say Beal because I. I uh, yeah, I would probably say Beal, even though Siakam has probably had the better, the more accomplished career. But I just think oh, in like a, yeah, in a. Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, he's in a, with a better org, and they, you know, why? But I, I just think, like in a playoff scenario, like. Who would I rather have the ball that could just like go get me a bucket? Because I I just see Siakam so often like he just looks goofy sometimes when he's right. trying to make yes. a play and it's just like what are you doing, man? Like give the ball up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I would go Beal. And I, 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 if you probably did a player poll, this one is tricky because I feel like if you did a player poll, the players would pick Beal. But if you did a coaches poll, the coaches would pick Siakam. So I, I yeah I don't know but I would probably lean build on that by here. Yeah, that's why I'm wondering like if because you, you know like a guard like James Harden is not going to want to go to Portland, um, and, and Beal mm, may yeah. not necessarily want to either. But I think if they genuinely have a, a good friendship, that it wouldn't be impossible. Because I, I guess here's the thing that Beal has to ask himself too: what. Uh, would you and also I mean you could say who what do you think is an easier conference at this point the east or the west probably the west even right. though with the west you got to get through the uh, MVP level player MVP Jokic over there I, I mean the but, Sacramento Kings were the three seed for Christ's sake yeah right 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 so yeah if if I'm if I'm yeah, if if I'm a star, I'm I'm well. Then you got Kevin Durant over there now too, and you know the Suns they're gonna get right with with KD and Devin Booker. So I'm thinking, Joe Kid KD, I got to get through them. 
And then in the East, I got Tatum, Embiid, Giannis. So it's tough. I don't mean, it's tough. I, I feel like, yeah, I would say West is slightly weaker, but it's not not by a lot. Is you got to get through them them big dogs up top either way. I get if you're Beal, like, would you rather stay with the Wizards in this situation, or would you rather go play with Damon Portland and maybe Portland does uh, something else to try and make another move somewhere? Because for I mean, again, for conversation purposes, right? So th- their lineup would be Dame, Brad. I don't know who they have running at the three anymore. Jeremy Grant and Nurkic, who I hope that they just decide to move off of at some point. Um, I think actually, isn't he a free agent this summer? I think it's. Nurkic? I think he's not a restricted free agent. I'll, I'll have to look, pull it up. But I just don't see. I just don't see that being a team that could could make a run with the the likes of the Lakers and the. The Nuggets, even the even the Kings, for real. Like, just because on on balance, it's just not it's just not enough. Like, it's super super guard heavy, no defense whatsoever, and you're going and you got to get through Jokic and LeBron and AD, and it's just like with what, with with what, a bunch of a bunch of guards. Like, I, I just I just don't see it. Um. Yeah, they would need to find a way to to get some more depth and more pieces. Again, like Jeremy Grant is a solid piece, but they would need another like tier wing like Jeremy Grant and that starting five to pair with them. And I'm not sure with their other pieces, especially when you consider they're going to have to dump pieces in to get Beal, um, what their like their tradable assets would be after that, unless they're just going to go all in and trade all their future picks, which I guess could be an option for them. But at that point, again, it's like, do you think that that's going to be enough to, to beat Jokic? And again, it may not matter. Like if, if, if Joe Cronin and them, if they genuinely feel like they owe it to Dame one more time, then they may not give a shit and they may just do it to do it. But again, it's like, can, can you beat the Lakers? Can you, can you beat the Nuggets? Um, yeah, not not Dame, Dame and Beal pairing is not beating the Lakers or the Nuggets. I'm just not. I'm not seeing that. Um, it will have to be with another guy coming. Uh, maybe Draymond. Now, I don't know. Maybe like maybe Draymond and and Beal over there or something like that. But it it couldn't just be Beal and then you know the the rest of the young guys like nah. Right, and it, it's I. Like when we say beating the Nuggets and beating the Lakers and, and teams like that, that I don't like using that conversation as a way of like I don't think that the team should do something because if they if I don't think they can beat the top team then they should do nothing and keep their assets. Like I don't necessarily believe in that, but I don't yeah. believe they should be the team that's willing to like trade everything because then you're just going to bone your franchise. So it's it's mm-hmm. trying to meet that happy middle of what can you realistically accomplish and then again too they may not necessarily have to give up a whole lot to get brad because of his contract you know i mean it may be something as simple as a trade back they give us another protected pick um anthony simons uh shade and sharp whatever and then they call it a day i mean it and even if they're giving us shade and sharp i mean you would imagine if they did give us a second first round pick it would be heavily heavily protected that would probably turn Mm -hmm. into second round picks at some point so um It's just one of them things where it's like, all right, you're you had a bottom five record in the league. 
you're not a Bradley Beal away from contending. So right. you you need to. It's obviously some other moves that need to be made, and that's why I just think it it just may be. It's just probably time for them to trade Dame and just start it over because you're you're so far away from being a contender, even having Dame. Like it would take. It would take adding another star. It would take probably adding two stars and then one of your young guys becoming like a, a, a you know, a, a close to all-star level performer. And then you probably could, could do something with the elites in the, in the conference. Right. And it's not like they have um, no building block. I mean, let's say they trade Beal. Well, you take Scoot and you have Shade and Sharp, and then maybe you try and find another home for Anthony Simons. I mean, that's assets you're bringing in, and you have your backcourt of the future. So, you know, and that team would be bad. You know they'd be bad. So, I mean, that's a team that, I mean, pre-lottery next year probably have, like, top three, top four odds, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, again, multiple things that they could do. I think it's just going to, at the the end of the day, it's going to depend on what, what does Dame want and is the organization going to be willing to go along with what Dame wants, even if that agrees pursuing opportunities to trade out of that number three pick. And again, we knew that there were three major players coming into this draft. We knew that it was going to be Wemby, Miller, and Scoot, not in – I mean, we knew Wemby was going one, but then two and three kind of depended on the on the team that got the second and third pick. But, yeah. um, you know, so they – Portland has an opportunity here. It's just going to depend, I think, on, again, on what Dame actually wants to do. And maybe this is the offseason where he finally calls it and says, you know what, um, we've tried. It's not working. Um, you know, you guys have a good opportunity here with the third pick. I don't want to bone it for you. Um, so we'll just yeah. quit. Um, do you get in? here's three teams or a list of players I would like to play with. You get me to any of these other teams and I'll be happy with it. So who knows though? Um, And again, there's a lot of other opportunities for him around the league. And there were uh, a lot of reports that this off season could be full of trades. So um, I think that again, the the first team off the top of my mind or top of my head would be Philly, but Brooklyn could be a player for him. Um, Miami could be a player for him. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's a he's lot. Gonna have, he's gonna have. You're gonna have That's why I like. And for Portland, this is the perfect opportunity because it's like you got Scoot Henderson that possibly sitting right there. What he he would be the perfect successor to Dame. You can right. slide him right in. You can get with all the assets you can get and pieces for Dame back, and you you building off Scoot Sharp Simons going into your future. I mean, it's perfect. It's literally perfect. So, and it seems like every move they've made over the last two years has been for this moment, like kind of to move on from the Dame. Ever since they traded CJ, it's been like, okay, this is where we're headed. We're headed into post Dame era. So, yeah. And they have still had a, um, you know, they, they didn't hire a veteran coach. They hired a coach who didn't have, um, a lot of experience, but I believe Chauncey is who Dame wanted, right? I'm not sure about that. I don't remember. He did, he did, he did vouch for Chauncey, but I don't know if that was his top pick. I'm not sure. 
Yeah. Um, Houston at four. So let's say that Portland takes uh, Scoot just for the, the sake of argument. So who do you take it at four then? Is that where you go, um, Amon Thompson then, if you're Houston? Or, or do you – or is this maybe a trade-back scenario for Houston and maybe you try and get a veteran or something? I think you got to go best player available. I mean – and it would be one of the twins. I could even see this being a sneaky spot for Jarris Walker. Um, just because they want some more size and athleticism in their front court and defense. Um, you know, if you assume, okay, they're building around Jalen Green um, and, and Sengun, that Okay, we want and then and then Jabari Smith. I can't forget about him, even though he had a uh, pretty bad rookie year. Uh, and maybe they go, maybe they go size athleticism in that front court, man, um, to give them some beef down there. Uh, but they could also go one of the twins, or I could even see Cam Whitmore here. Um, it, 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 they could go a lot of directions at four. If it was me, though, I would probably take one of the twins. Because um, I just don't think Kevin Porter I, w- I would go Amen, but just because I don't think Kevin Porter Jr. is really like a starting point guard. Right. And he had a lot of flashes, um, but I think that with his his personal life, he just had a, a lot going on at the time, wasn't able to keep his nose clean in certain situations. Um, and I they structured his contract as such. Like, yeah, we'll give you this money. Um because you've shown the promise and you've shown that you got game, but you also have problems. So we're going to structure it a little bit differently. It was very uh, NFL type contract mm-hmm. in the NBA, which I feel like we don't see a whole lot. So I think that when you have to do that for a player, it's like, it's a bad sign already when you have to do that. Um, yeah. So I, I wonder if they could get someone to trade him and then maybe even just cut him. Um, I'd have to look to see what his guarantees are exactly on that deal. I don't remember, but, and I didn't listen to Ime's um, introductory press conference, but it's still unclear. Like, did he come here again? And you mentioned it earlier, did he come here to help build this team or are they going to try and go more veteran oriented? Because I still think the fourth pick is if you wanted to trade back a little bit and try and get a veteran. No, I don't know what team this would be exactly. But if you wanted to trade back, bring in a couple more veterans um, and try and build a more team, a team with more established players, I could see them going that route for sure if they're trying to change the culture pretty quickly. Because you got to think, too, like Raphael Stone at this point has to be on the hot seat because that man hadn't done shit. Nothing. I mean, they're going into year four of their rebuild. They're going into year four of it. So... Uh, they, you got to start seeing some returns. It, it shouldn't take five, six years to rebuild and start at least competing for a playoff spot. Like, and you know what? This is where I will give Ernie some credit because when we drafted Wall and Beal, it wasn't just them and then a bunch of other kids around them. They made sure pretty quickly that there were other veterans on this team, whether it was the um, Okariza deal and then getting uh, Nene. So, and then bringing Trevor Ariza back. I mean, there, 
they made sure Andre Miller, they made sure that there were always quality veterans around those two young guys so that it just wasn't them. Because uh, imagine if those two guys were coming into the league like how they were when Brad was a rookie and then take out, you know, Jalen Green and whoever, put them on that team. You think they would develop like they ended up developing? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, and I mean, you, you, you need to take advantage of the fact that your best players are on rookie deals. So you bring in the veterans that, that, that cost a little more, but you know those are guys that can keep your locker room in line, show those guys, those young guys, how to be professionals and build good winning habits. Not just stocking your team with a bunch of youth with your, your young franchise guys and then they just learn losing, 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 or you're tanking and building losing habits. Like, that's not... That's not the way to do it. So, uh, yeah, the Rockets, like they're going into year four of this of this teardown. Um, at some point, you got to start winning some damn games. Yeah, that's why I'm wondering if this could also be a, a trade back scenario for them. Um, try and bring some proven talent. Um, maybe they try and push to make sure that that James Harden deal goes through. But even then, if they do that, I mean, James isn't going to want to just come and uh, just him. Like, he's going to want someone else there, you know. So I wonder who that next player um, would be, you know. So who knows? Yeah. Maybe Trey Young. Who knows? Um, Lord. <laughs> that would be entertaining, but that very annoying to watch. I feel like they would hate each other before they, by trade deadline. <laughs> yeah. Um, last pick we'll talk about, and then we can cut it. I know we already talked about Detroit a little bit, but in terms of the the pick itself here at five, uh, so this is also a tough one because this is where right, right like where where that range is probably point guard, shooting guard still, but they've already invested in Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivy. They also have their big man spot locked up. So really, the only position that they have of need here is like small forward so i'm where would you go with this pick would you take the other thompson twin would you maybe take someone a couple spots higher than projected how would you treat this if you're detroit yeah i think this is this is like you said they need a wing here um you got cade you got you got ivy um you yeah, got fifteen thousand centers. Yeah, you got a million centers. Um, I think you got to go power forward or small forward here. So this could be either what the Arthur Thompson um, at the wing spot, uh, or or they can go Cam Whitmore here. Um, Troy Weaver, PG County, DC assault guy. I'm sure he's aware of Cam Whitmore's game. Who's from this area? Like if you trust if you trust his college tape more than what you saw in OTE with the Thompson twins, do you go there? But I could see this being a landing spot for either one of them. Um, and it, it, it makes sense. It makes it makes more sense for that, you know, them getting a wing than them getting the number one pick and having to trade two of their big men, you know, Duran and Wiseman to bring in Victor Wembanyama. You know, that would have been a lot of parts to kind of move off of. Um, last thing before we cut it. So this was the tweet that um, I was referring to at the beginning uh, from Ben Golliver. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. I hope it is. Sorry, Ben, if it's not. 
Um, the San Antonio Spurs won the NBA draft lottery and the right to select Victor Wembanyama with the ping pong ball combo 14-5-8-2. After the three numbers were picked, the Washington Wizards had six of the possible 11 remaining numbers, 7, 9, 10, 12, 13, and barely missed. So this was also, and, and as Adam McGinnis pointed out, because he's the one who um, I originally retweeted this, but this happened the year Zion Williamson was selected, where we, I think, if the Pelicans didn't get the number one pick, essentially it was going to be us, basically, from what I gathered. And so yeah. um, after those first three numbers were selected, we had a 54% chance of getting the number one pick. And, of course, the odds were not in our favor, obviously. But um, we were right there, man. We were right there. <sighs> lordy, lordy, lordy. Wow. I was ready. <laughs> I had a weird feeling that we were going to get number one. I was like, we're, we're going to be close. I, I was so disappointed when, because I, once we got to pick 10, I turned my back and I couldn't look because I hate when they show the card and then say the name after. So I, w- I just had my back turned just listening well, to the names. And, and when I heard Wash, I was like, ah, okay. Honestly, when we when they got to ten and nine, when they read off ten and nine, there was yeah. like a small relief for me because I was like, "Yes, we didn't fucking drop." Because that just would have been depressing. Because like I said, I felt like that would have took us out of the out of the like blue chipper range. Um, and so then it was like, "All right, now they reading eight, and I'm like, "Come on, man, please, please let it be like the Blazers or some shit at eight. <laughs> and then it yeah. ended up. It ended up not being. I'm just like, I was like, well, fuck it. Don't let the Pacers get the jump because then it would have been like, damn, if we had just lost one more fucking game and then the Pacers end up getting seven. So it was like, all right, this shit going in order um, yeah. until it gets to the, to the fifth pick. Uh, so it was just like, all right, man, but at least we stayed at eight so we can so we can get I still feel like we can get a good player here um, if you know, but we got to get a GM first, right? Yeah, which I still think at this point is going to be Bob Myers in some fashion. I think if if it wasn't going to be him, they would have already made a hire. So I think they're just probably waiting because they said that Bob Myers is going to wait a couple weeks to make a decision. So I'm sure they're just giving him some time um, to just to himself to think if that's actually what he wants to do. But um, I would bet at this point that Bob Myers will – be the GM and for some odd reason, you know, things change and maybe he has a real emotional conversation with ownership and they run it back. Um, but I have a feeling he's going to be out of there. And since we're the only team that has an opening and um, there'd be a lot of opportunity for Bob Myers here in DC. I think that that's the right, that's the direction that um, at least Ted is hoping to go in at this point. Now, whether Bob Myers actually wants to come here um who knows that's the big mystery right that's why nothing's done yet but i i would bet that that's what's going to happen yeah i mean you don't you don't hold off on a on a position like this for so long for this long unless you're waiting on somebody so um i'm sure you know as the playoffs kind of move on and it'll be more information that comes out about it but it's clear Ted is going big game hunting again. You know, he tried to get Masai, you know, four years ago. Uh, that didn't work. Then he tried Tim Connolly. Couldn't nab him because he's, you know, being cheap. 
And now I think he's kind of like, God damn it, I got I to gotta go big game hunting again. I got to go get that big fish. So uh, I hope he gets it. I hope it's Myers. Um, and then we can, I can have some hope in this draft, man. Yeah. And, and again, like I, I don't like when fans say, well, it's, it's we're going to be too close to the draft. Like all, all these executives and stuff are already doing their scouting and already have their own boards made up by this time. So by this um, point, time, man, you should know these damn kids like the, the back of your hand, man. Right. At this point, it's really not much scouting to do. It's just kind of figuring out what your team needs are. And maybe when if you have guys that are ranked the same, maybe you um, put your board accordingly based on what you need um, positionally. So, again, the, 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 the scouting is done at this point. We, we just had the combine. There's not much more to – to to be done here in, in the pre-draft process so um definitely mm-hmm. think that it, it's not something that wizards fans should be concerned with yeah i mean the draft is literally next month right yeah yeah we're like we're like 40 days away something like that so yeah if you don't know who the hell how, how your board looks now then you ain't gonna know 30 days from now <laughs> And this is one of the, like, I, I wanted to get rid of West, but it's nice having a coaching staff in place, at least for now, because it's not something more that the GM has to do once he gets the job. And again, I, I think at this point, you know, Wes is going to be the guy. Now, if, if we had gotten number one, then I would have wanted Wes gone tonight because there's no way I would have wanted that staff touching Vic. No way. So, <laughs> uh, oh. ooh, what a shot from Anthony Davis. Um, but it yeah, just, but anyway, it just doesn't. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Kind of holding him if you're bringing in a new front office, it's just weird. Because I've never seen a situation where, well, at least I won't say never. I, I can't remember the last situation where a team held over a coach from a previous regime. New front office comes in and then it works out where that front office keeps that coach and it's like this perfect marriage of winning going forward. Like. I, I don't remember a scenario off the top of my head like that. It's usually always the front office wants to get their own guy, and they ultimately do. And then they start maybe winning or seeing seeing their vision through. Right. I, but I, I do think that's one of the good things. Like when Bob Myers comes in or whoever, I mean, let's just say it's Bob Myers. I hope it's Bob Myers. Um, when he comes it's just one less thing he has to do because by that point, you know, that new head coaches are going to have been hired. They would have already poached all the assistant coaches that they would have wanted. So if they were to hire a, a head coach at so late in the process, then you're, you're not, you don't have your pick of the assistant coaches that you want. Um, it, you probably don't even have the pick of the head coach that you want to hire. So at that point, it's just like, you know, keep West. Um, and then again, maybe it's a, it's a Chris Finch, um, Quinn Snyder type deal where you bring in someone midseason, or maybe you just let Wes ride it out, help the tank, and then you go um, next year and you bring in your own guy then. So who knows? Yep. Um, anything else you would like to discuss? Uh, I'll just ask you, man, who you, who you want the Wizards to take now that the now that the the, the 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 order is set, who you got your eyes on? Like where you're like, I know it's not top four, but you know who would you be happy with if if they could come away with 
a realistic option there at eight? Anthony Black, I think. Anthony Black. Okay. Yeah, I think that's going to be the overwhelmingly popular one at um, that pick right now. Like, I promise you 70% of Wizards Twitter would say that they want Anthony Black at that pick. So, yeah. Um, did a poll. And again, yeah. I think you might be right, man. I, I did a poll. Let me look at the results so far. So, we had 548 votes so far. I said, who's your pick at number eight? Anthony Black. Cam Whitmore or other, and so far sixty-seven percent is Anthony Black. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's what see. about you? What about you? If, if, <sighs> or, or are you hoping someone falls? Like, if, I don't know. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm Team Anthony Black too. I would be good with Cam Whitmore as well. Uh, but I'm, I'm kind of like crossing my fingers that. One of the Thompson twins falls for for whatever reason. I don't care which one. Anyone. I else. was just thinking that, but I was like, ah, there's no way that happens, right? Because you have oh, really Lando, happens, you man. have Indiana. You, yeah, maybe something, you know, maybe some some scandal or something about the OTE league leaks or something. I don't know. And then everybody's like, oh, his OTE is whack. You know, it's not real bump. And then them boys drop. Yeah. I would love that, but I just don't see it happening. It's just, I mean. They they tested out of the goddamn park at the combine. Six seven seven feet wingspan, elite first step, forty inch vertical, and they can pass and get to the rim at will. Like, come on! I mean, that's with NBA spacing. Oh my god, man! Uh. Um, I mean, definitely too. I I think that again, based BPA, um, you meet that with positional need. I think that Anthony Black is going to be a wizard. Um, when it comes time to lace them up for summer league, so yeah. What is, the, is I, the, go ahead? I'll go ahead. I was I was gonna. I don't know if like this is a, a pick that um, Bob Myers would consider trading, um, or maybe he. Because here's the thing: you can't. It's it's kind of like the Rockets in a sense. Now our team isn't full of young guys, but you don't want to have too many lottery picks. Like again, I. I get the idea of trying to keep cost controllables, especially if you're going to have a high payroll. But, I mean, be real. Corey Kispert, Denny Avia, Johnny Davis, and whoever we pick this year are not going to be the difference maker for us being a non-play-in team and being a, a second-round caliber team. So something has to give somewhere, and then some guys got to get moved this summer to try and shake something up. And I don't know what that's going to be, but – it does make me wonder a little bit, you know, is this a pick that the Wizards maybe just consider trading? I mean, if, see, I would be trying to go the other way. If I'm trading it, I'm trying to trade up. Like, I'm, sure. I'm trying to get into that top. Right. If I could get into that top four to get a, a Amon, if he's there or, or who, whoever, like whoever my target is, you know, like I'm trying to trade up. Because like you said, like I feel like the young guys we have – I just don't view them as difference makers. So, like, if I can attach one of them to the number eight to get to number five or or six, maybe, if it's a target I have that I could get there that I know won't be there at eight, I'm doing that. Because I just don't – I'm trying to get the target that I feel like is the, is the best player and can be a, a you know, kind of a force multiplier for the team. I'm not just – following the consensus board and just taking the guy that falls to my lap, even though I'm not really sold on his skill set like that. 
Right. The, the tough thing, again, is like I think that the only real tradable pick there where the Wizards could, could have any movement is that third pick, and that's if we trade Brad because um, yeah. Porzingis and Kuzma are under the book. So there's not really a deal that can be had there with either of those two. And then after that, everything else is ass. Like Denny Avdi and Daniel Gafford are not getting us two or three more picks up in this draft. So, Oh, no. Um, and, and again, those teams are young teams, so they're not going to want to add more young guys um, to an already kind of rocky situation. Now, Houston could, but again, it's like you, you already your whole roster is like twenty two and under. It's yeah. a, you, at some point you got to go the other direction and stop adding yeah. those types of guys. So, yeah. yeah, especially when you looking you looking at OKC in your conference. They they younger than you in and they competing for playoffs. So yeah, you, you I'll say go. this: if there could be a deal worked out with Kuzma and he wanted to go back home to play in Detroit and whatever, if he wanted to, I don't think he would. But but let's say that he wanted to, then I could see something happening there because it's like shit. You already fell to five. You may as well just pick at eight, and then you can get your starting small forward too, and then you just roll with Cade, Ivy, Kuzma, Bagley. Yeah. Um, and Wiseman, and you call it a day. But, Only thing with that is they got money to sign him outright. He ain't got to do yeah. no deals. He can just go there. Right, right. So, so again, yeah. I, I don't, I don't see a trade up scenario now. Maybe if you wanted to move up a couple spots, is you know, uh, the thing is you're you're trading with Orlando in that scenario. So I don't think that Denny and Gafford is that enticing, to be honest. So. No, I, I don't think there's a trade-up scenario here unless they move Beal and go up to three. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just – yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's tough. It's tough, man. Maybe there's a deal with Indy if, if maybe, you know, to get up one spot maybe, if you feel like you got to have a certain guy, I, I just, you know, that, that they would be willing to take in front of you. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm I'm just like – Whoever the front office is coming in here, I hope they're very intentional about the type of player they're targeting. Um, would, you move, to... would you move um, Gafford to move up a spot? I would move every player on this on the back end of this roster to move to move to a spot to get a blue chip guy if they feel like that guy could be a. a, a uh, a piece, a real blue chip piece for them. I would move any one of them. Denny, Kisper, Gafford, Johnny Davis. Uh, I mean, it don't matter. Goodwin, whoever the hell, you can take them. Yep, I definitely agree. I mean, none of these guys are really um, keepers. I mean, again, I, th- I think Kispert is, he's the guy, again, that I, I think is the most valuable out of these guys just because he's easily translatable in a lot of systems. He's a smart guy, um, good size, you know, not the best defender, but um, he has a, a lot of good qualities that a lot of teams uh, I'm sure could use. Um, yeah. But anyway, I think that'll be it for today. Anything else? No, nah, man, I, I got nothing, man. Uh, let's get ready for this draft, man. Yep, absolutely. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode here. If you're not already subscribed, please make sure that you are. Rate us five stars. Leave us a comment. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.